0: What's up, everybody? Super week, super show. It's the city Jungle Podcasters from all of the shows on the podcast channel. I'm Anthony Cazenza, joined by almost our whole crew. No Ace Boogie tonight, unfortunately. Maybe he'll be joining us, but uh, yeah, he had a last-minute situation come up. Hope he's doing well. well. Give our good thoughts over to our buddy Ace. We miss him, but, you know, we, uh, we wanted to get together again, talk some Bengals football. The Super Bowl is here, so we wanted to talk about that. And maybe maybe from a Bengals' point of view and a lot of different other topics. Happy to have all of you join. We're, we're on a bunch of different new platforms, by the way. I think we're streaming on the Cincy Jungle Twitter account. We're streaming on on Zim's channel. We, we've got a lot of different accounts we're streaming on, so pretty stoked about that. Let's just, let's go. I'm gonna I'm going to kick it over to Zim just to say what's up, because Zim's the guy, like in your group of friends, that if you haven't hung out for a long time, Zim's the guy that's like, guys, we got to get together. It's been a while. We got to get this thing going. It's been too long. So, Zim, I'm going to start with you.
1: How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty damn good, fellas. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I think it's fun, you know, like when you wait this long to kind of put all the forces together, it just kind of makes it so, hey, what you guys been up to? So, I think it's pretty dope. I get a chance to watch, you know, you guys show like, you know, a couple times a week if I can you know, at, at its max, like I get to watch like two shows and you know, like that's it. But, you know, um, I like talking to you guys. So John, why are you so ice cold? What <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> what people want to know. Like I called you ice cold the other day on Twitter and they was like, yeah, he is, he's so free. What's cooler than being cool? Ice yeah. cold, right? Cool.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm cold all the time. It's freaking freezing outside Cincy. I, I consider myself hot. I don't know. Like, I, I just, that's just my personal preference.
1: What's the story with the skeleton?
2: The skeleton was originally... So I lived on UC's campus or just outside of it. And we had neighbors who were like art students. And they had a skeleton in their house. They brought it over to our house one time. We just like kind of party with it. And it kind of just like stayed at our house. And we named him Randall. And unfortunately, three of his four limbs have fallen off. So he's—I think he's got like one arm left. And I just hung him up in the background. Um, I think starting last season for the show. And right. I don't know—it's it's kind of symbolic, you know. As a, you're, you're a Bengals fan, you're watching the season unfold, and you slowly just like lose life. You know, it's—it's it's like it's like it's like the devil hanging over my shoulder. So he's—he's just—he's just here to stay. He's Randall.
1: But now that you say that, I feel like that gives you an opportunity, right? As the season goes on and you have success, I, I vote that we should put like a garment or like a different layer of clothes on him, like a hat for Randall maybe one week if we get a W. Maybe we can extend the arm out another week. But we got to do something. We can't just have Randall chilling so lifeless. We got to get some life to the party. And I think starting with wins coming up this year, would you be on board with something like that?
2: I mean, sure, he, he watched a two-win season with Andy Dalton getting thrashed 60 times. So that was kind of like the, the theme of the whole thing. Then I put a Burrow shirt on him once, you know, they l- were locked in the number one pick. He was kind of optimistic about that, but now he's kind of back to square one a little bit. <laughs> so
1: Just straight, like... <laughs> you can only do
2: so much, you know?
0: Right. Matt's, and, got, uh, Matt's got the best sweater I think I've ever seen, though. I mean, that thing is just... Yeah. Unbelievable.
3: Matt, where,
1: where did you get that sweater, Matt?
3: Uh, I was a gift. Uh, I, I was looking for like th- this is like the, uh, the Ooh, this is the real win. deal throwback spread. I'm not sure what year it's from, but uh, uh, it's it's not the the one from the from the real famous uh, from the Super Bowl year. Uh, but but I've got a, a picture of Sam Weish talking to Boomer on the sideline wearing the exact same thing. One of those years in the '80s.
1: Oh, that is those. T- yeah, those are those sweaters from that. I yeah. think like I if we go. if we ever link up, like I think we should just all have matching sweaters and just kind of like lock arms and walk down the street and stuff like that. I just think that people want to see shit like that. Like that's just my opinion.
0: Well, guys, we can get we can get on out of here because Ryan McKeon says Matt Minnick's show is killing it. So the three of us yeah.
1: can bounce on out. Matt can I uh, <laughs> can take the reins. <laughs> Matt, hey, hey, hello, Matt. No orange no. pop, any orange pop? Uh, none, none tonight, no. But we do have a pot pie in the oven. We got a pot pie in the oven. How do you feel about muffins? I'm a big muffin man. I'm a pretty big muffin guy, I like a good blueberry muffin. I'm a lemon poppy <laughs> seed guy, and I do okay. A, a, okay. a all right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now that we got that out the way, <laughs> Anthony, yeah, tell I- me. Tell me, like lately, like what's on your mind when you think about Bengals? Like watching coming up, you got the Super Bowl coming up Sunday. Anything that stand out to you this this Sunday? We, we're, we're, what are you watching for that you think that maybe the Bengals can, you know, gravitate to? You got a plan for us? Like, what are you going to be like looking at the most on Sunday? I'm gonna try and not be too choppy.
0: My video feed for some reason is a little choppy, so I apologize if it is that way. But good. you know it, it. You know it. These two teams that are playing kind of are constructed two different ways, right? I mean, you've got the Bucks that are kind of the the old some of the old dogs and kind of built this all-star cast of of free agents and kind of on, some of them are on their last legs and trying to do win that one last championship and they've kind of constructed this this team from all kinds of different ways and free agency whereas you know, the Chiefs, they drafted their quarterback and they've, you know, drafted their running back and they drafted a lot of their offensive linemen. Unfortunately, some of those guys won't be playing this week, it seems like. So it's kind of two different ways that they've constructed their rosters a little bit. And as a Bengals fan, you kind of say, okay, I think you look hopefully a little bit more to the Chiefs, right? And you say, okay, young quarterback, maybe you draft the offensive lineman. you draft the running backs, you've got some wide receiver help and, you know, you kind of hope that that's the trajectory that the Bengals are, are hopefully going to get towards in the next couple of years. Of course, Burrow has to be healthy, has to continue to progress, but they got to give him a little help up front. And um, so, I mean, that's when you look at it. I guess with the Super Bowl, when you look at this Super Bowl through the Bengals lens, that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Is just the way the the two different ways that these teams seem to be constructed, and obviously, both of them have champions on their rosters, and hopefully, that's where the Bengals start to, to start to head in the next couple of years. Right.
2: The same. At the same time, though, like if the Chiefs somehow manage to just fend off that Bucks pass rush with whatever offensive line that they have, it can't be used as like, oh yeah, the Bengals don't have to invest in the offensive line. Right, Mahomes right. is an alien, and they have like Mitchell Schwartz, the Eric Fisher second first round pick, I think, um, the, the the Canadian who opted out to to help with COVID. He was also a draft pick as well. So like the fact that their offensive line is still like standing and giving Mahomes enough time is just miraculous in itself, and it's going to be the biggest test to keep. J- JPP and, and Shaq Barrett off of him. So, like, if they manage to do that, it's going to start narratives that should not be started. And I think we already did start, we already did see it on Twitter, like, oh, yeah, you don't need a great offensive line. But no, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you can do anything. So, right.
1: So, but that I said that online. some it wasn't, I, I didn't word it that way, but I went over the like, I, did you see that tweet? And it was just showing like the starting five offensive linemen for the Chiefs, showing how everybody is either a seven rounder or undrafted as a result of, you know, Fisher ban out. And then I posed the question, like, you know, like, see, you don't have to just go get your offensive line all first round. See everybody? And everybody's like, uh, shut up. It doesn't matter. We need all <laughs> offensive line, you know. so But I guess my point was is, like, I always look for balance or best uh, BPA. So when it comes to, like, a game like this, I feel like Chiefs are more so, like, the formula. But I got killed online for saying that.
2: Well, yeah, it's fair, but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's levels to it. It's
3: like, like, like defense. Let's talk about defense for a second, because, um, you know, I, I get whenever I talk about defense, I get I get hit with, "Oh, defense doesn't matter," <laughs> right? And it's it's not that like when I, when I talk about like the Bengals need to improve on their defense and what they can do in their defense, and, and when I say, "Hey, the Bengals are really close on defense," I don't mean they're close to being the Ravens. And I don't think that should be the goal, because you know when uh, you know when I was in high school, and I'm dating myself a little bit here, but like you know, like uh, end of high school, or early college years for me, you know, you see teams like the like the Ravens, you see teams like the Buccaneers going off and winning the Super Bowl, you know, with Brad Jensen and Trent Dilfer playing quarterback, like it was those defenses that won them that Super Bowl. You can't do that anymore. Like that's not the way the league is set up. Um, so being Baltimore, I mean, cool, but like that, that, that shouldn't be the goal. You look at the, all the championship game, the AFC and NFC champion, uh, defenses, they were all ranked like seventh to 12th in the league. Like, so they were like good, solid defenses, you know, and, and, and that's what should be the goal. And that's what should be the goal, um, you know, for, for how, how you're building a team. And, like, that's that's what you need. Like, yes, you need that elite offense, but you need a good, manageable defense that hopefully can create some turnovers and win some situations too.
1: I saw that tweet when you said that, right? And I even responded to your tweet when you said that. But don't you feel like just because this offseason that we just had and they allocated so much money to the defense this past offseason that you'd be kind of thinking – I'm not thinking that they're going to go back to that this like this upcoming offseason. It's, it's not a shot at the like the defense when championship guy or anything like that. I want to balance yeah. that out. I feel like they're already like a fifteenth ranked defense if they were all healthy, but how often are we gonna say if healthy? Like yeah, you know yeah. what
3: I mean? No, I mean no kid. I mean I mean, yeah, honestly, you look at it and I mean Trey Wayne's was a huge factor this year. Like if Trey Wayne's was anywhere near as good as we hope he would be, you know, like that, that could have been a completely different thing. Obviously, the, the pass rush was a big issue. Um, but we also like again. There was like nobody expected Dunlap and Atkins to do nothing for you this year. Um, so like you can see on paper where they stay healthy, they're going to be all right. But but yeah, like like you said, like we, we all know that that isn't a reasonable expectation in the NFL that, that people are going to stay healthy. Uh, we saw the lack of depth at the corner position. We see the lack of, lack of depth in the, in the uh, you know in the pass rush game as well. So. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just. I just think they, they. do need to take a balanced approach to those sort of things, uh, and and be managing it because at the end of the day, like, look, you had Trey Wayne's, you had DJ Reader, and you know, Von Bell was kind of a luxury thing. But like, if it, if now a year later you're saying goodbye to Gino, you already say goodbye to Dunlap, and now let's say you let Lawson and uh, uh, and Jackson and or Jackson walk, like you're worse on defense than you were. Uh, a year and a half ago. So like, you can't, you can't be taking a step back in that, in that in that realm. And God, that's what I'm talking about with the offensive line. It's like, not like you need to have the absolute most dominant offensive line in the game uh, for your offense to work, but you can't suck. Like Burrow can only do so much for himself. And you know what? It, like, it doesn't matter. You can take the fastest receiver. You can, you know, you can put the best receivers on the field Um you know, they're not going to be able to get open in, in two seconds all the time. You know what I mean? So, you've got to, everything's got to be a minimal. Like, everything you have to have at least a, a minimal level of, of proficiency in. Yeah.
0: And I think to your guys' point about what the Bengals may or may not do in free agency on defense, I think, you know, they, they spent a lot of money on guys that ended up being injured, but they have investments that are still on this roster coming up in 21. Trey Waynes is one, DJ Reader is another. And so I don't know that they're really going to go outside. I think if anything, they're really going to look at the inside guys. I'm already seeing comments about Lawson and and William Jackson. I know we've we've all probably talked about those guys ad nauseum, but I, I think if they're really going to make splashes on defense, I think it's to keep the, the known guys that, that they've had on their roster. They may not go outside. I think the outside signings are probably going to be on the offensive side of the ball. And just kind of going back to – a little bit of a pass point with the offensive line of of the chiefs and draft develop that sort of thing. I mean, I think this all goes back and you can look at these two teams playing this weekend. This all goes back to systems and, and finding guys that fit your systems well and being able to, to develop them in the system that you're putting into place. And I think we've seen flashes of the quote unquote system work at times for Zach Taylor, but there's been a lot of inconsistencies on that. And I think that's something that really needs to start coming to fruition
3: in year three and and just to like note for last year like we talk about what they did on defense last year um they invested a lot in free agency but two of their biggest resources they had last year were the first overall pick and the 33rd overall pick and those went to to offensive players so um you know it's not like that's where they put it i'm Burrow was the biggest thing they did last year. You know that, that number one pick was the first thing, biggest thing they did. If they took Chase Young last year, then we would be having a completely different conversation. We would be we we be in a completely different place right now.
1: I mean, um, I did not have
3: drafting
2: Trevor Lawrence. They be drafting yeah, yeah, Trevor no,
3: Lawrence. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh right. probably probably talking about a different coach too. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, I mean so, so so that's the you know the, the, that's just how I look at it. And yeah, I think Anthony's right there like now you added Burrow, you added T. It is time to to bring in some veterans. Um, you know, you get Jonah, who's pretty young. It'd be nice to bring in you know a, a real good veteran offensive lineman to, to shore that thing up. And and yeah, definitely to to invest in that way. You know, you're gonna. I, I feel pretty confident they're going to invest in offense again in the first round because I don't know, I don't see defensive a, a defensive player that's going to make sense. For them at, at the fifth overall pick, anyway. So you know that's going to be another offensive investment, but they, they definitely should bring in a an and they can do something for them too.
1: I think when you pose that question, though, a lot of people, you know, like on that on that particular tweet, I don't and I don't want to misquote you. I just think that when we're talking about when they were talking about all right, like cut Geno and somebody said something else about doing some other things. Everybody naturally just said, you know. All that money needs to go to offensive line. But the more even killed people were saying, well, wait a second, uh, you know, like we don't need to go get the biggest, you know, we don't need to go sign Trent Williams for 20 million or something like that. And to your point, I don't think people were poo-pooing like defense altogether. They just were saying like, okay, like we're just gonna add like the, the minimum defensive vet, Mike Daniels type player on, uh, on the front and then come back with a veteran corner so you're not stuck in a situation where you got Jalen Davis out there starting at corner and and different things like that. So I think it, I don't know if I like misread some of that stuff, but I I think nobody was really trying to like crap on the defense. Cause I saw you on there and I was like, I I don't like, but my biggest fear is this. I don't want them to be a situation where we're wasting Burroughs best years by not giving him all the weapons. And I watched Tom Brady and I watched Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady, I think made a poke today. And he said, yeah, I think we're gonna be better next year. But the one thing that they do is just keep on giving them weapons. And and the only thing I could do to make sure that Burrow ascends is keeping giving them weapons, whether that's the offensive line or if that's playmakers in space, I don't care. Whatever he says he needs to make them special. That's what I need to do. And then I'm gonna bank on, like I said, the fifteenth ranked defense. So defensive wins championship guy wouldn't like me because I've been saying you need to drop 30 something points a game for like three years, and I got killed for that too. But you know, I just feel like the, the 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 time that we're spending on the field, we need to be on the field a lot more on offense to take away possessions of our opposition. And Go back. that that in itself will help girl.
2: Go back to 2019. Look at LSU's offense. That offensive line. It won the offense line award. It, it was 32nd in pass blocking efficiency from from pro, from Pro Football Focus for like the Power Five teams. It was dead ass average compared to the the rest of the of, of college. Like it was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't the reason why the offense was successful. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Dad Moss for a certain amount. And Terrence Marshall, just guys that just stretch the field and just let Burrow cook. Like that was the source of why that offense was so successful beyond just Burrow being Burrow and Joe Brady orchestrating it all. Like that is the formula for success. And, and then look at the Chiefs, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Hill. You have weapons that that defenses can't that they can't scheme against, and they can only hope to just try to contain at least a little bit. Like if there is a formula, that is the formula. And like Zim said, all you need is an offensive line is just, or like Matt said, all you need is an offensive line is just competent. Now, of course, this is the Bengals and their expectations are the only times that they actually address these issues is like really hard and really desperate, like one year late, which is what we saw with the defense last year, which is why they might go overkill with the offensive line and free agency, which would then open up the draft. But like you said, it might not be the best uses of resources if they go too much in there and ignore other needs. But like that's, I guess, what we're thinking of. Whereas if they need to actually address an issue, which is what they seem to be doing, it's going to be like hard, hard overkill and free agency but that allows you to to then attack where the draft is strongest, where they are, and it's probably a pass catcher at five.
0: The most important question, guys, real quick.
2: What's in the can, John? Black cherry, Bud Light, lemonade seltzer.
1: Okay. Oh, hey, I thought that was a monster. I was going to say, you're a savage for just drinking a monster. Like, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep at that time, and I would, be, and I would like, run through the whole show and just be on some crazy – yeah, y'all don't – you're not ready for that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you make some good points there, and, and perhaps Bengals fans are just afraid
1: because we've it's seen... every off season. Every off season, it's got to be a witch hunt for the biggest deficiency, and we got to go get a hundred of them. We need a hundred <laughs> linebackers last That's year. Linebacker, we need a yeah. hundred centers before then. We well, need a hundred corners before that. Like, it, I, it, I mean,
3: we we've seen them try and do the minimal thing, and that be um, you know extending Bobby Hart. So, oh boy, there's got to be there's got to be a step up from that, and and you know, hey, you don't have to pay Trent Brown money. Um, maybe you don't have to take Penne at five, you know, because I can I look at that as just as valuable resources as what, a big what, money contract. What, what, maybe maybe you miss don't miss you. have to do that, but you what, gotta do something. To, what would
1: convince in, you? What would convince you not to take at five? Because John just said, Cat, uh, pass catcher is more likely at number five. I want Jamar Chase. But what would be enough for you to say, I can not, I don't have to draft at five?
3: Well, here's the thing like, uh, friend, friend of the show, big, uh, you know, Bengals Twitter draft, uh, or not, uh, well, draft two, I guess, but, uh, you know, big on the salary cap guy, uh, Andre Parada, uh, and I were having a conversation about this the other day. Like, The NFL is kind of backwards. Like, I think the teams would be a lot more successful in the draft if they did the draft and then free agency. Um, You know, because it was it was a response to a tweet about uh, from Ken Anderson about getting drafted. He was like in in January. Apparently, the draft was in like January back then. Um, So, you know, if, if you think about it that way, like, if you don't get a tackle, especially if you don't you cut Bobby Hart and you don't get a tackle. You're pretty much locked in. You know what I mean? And if Penny's not there, then it's Slater or it's trading down. You know, maybe it's Darius. I don't know. But you're pretty much locking yourself in. I mean, I think we talk about attacking things in a minimal way. You want to put – you get the fifth pick. So there's four times that anything can happen in front of you. One of those times is going to be Trevor Lawrence. But the other three you don't really know about. Um, So you can't rely on anything. Uh, when you have that many unknowns in front of you, so you've got to do something. Um, if you don't, if you don't pick up a tackle, you're locked into that. If you don't do anything at receiver, and you're pretty much locked into that. Like we are talking about a third receiver, though. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can get Josh Reynolds for a not ridiculous contract that might work. And maybe you're running more 10 personnel. If, if you take Josh Reynolds and you still have a chance to chase, um, you know, I mean, uh, obviously personnel groups and stuff, that, that, that's how, the, how those sort of things work. So you've got to, you've got to invest. we got to think about free agency first, because that's going to come first. And if you don't address needs in free agency, that's where you get pigeonholed in the draft.
1: No, but that's what I'm telling you. That's what, that's my question. If they came out with Darrell Williams or Moton. And picked up another guard for about five million or something like that. Is that enough for you to say, okay, I can I can get on board with Jamar Chase? Oh, definitely.
3: I'm really? on board with Jamar Chase anyway.
1: Really? Okay. What about you, Anthony? Are you on board with like what What do you What are you thinking when you go to free agency? Are you thinking like we need a tackle, we need a guard, and then that's good enough, or you think you want to do both? Because you could sell me on. Uh, Daryl Williams go get Panay I move uh, uh, Jonah to guard And then now that's a position of strength And now we got arguably like a top Eight offensive line in the NFL Or something like that
0: So as we sit here today uh, And I have a lot more film review to look at And guys to look at uh, I've got Panay and Jamar Chase as my top two guys For the Bengals to take at number five um, you know, you can make a, an argument for Slater. I know there's a lot of people that are quoting Daniel Jeremiah and people around the league, and they think Slater's just as good, if not better, and or more ready right now than Sewell. I think if you saw Sewell play, if he didn't opt out this season and you saw him play pretty close, even if it was pretty close to the level that he had played the previous two years, then I think you would have been like, oh, we we got a host change there. Uh, I, th- I think you would. I think you would have been like, you know, uh Sewell's Sewell's the guy um but but for me I think in terms of what the Bengals do at five it totally depends on what they do in free agency John and I have talked about it on our our show you know it's the Bengals don't like to go into John John talked to Duke Tobin last year and he, he point blank said this we don't like to really go into the draft having glaring needs we like to do use free agency to address needs and then uh you know kind of go most of the time best player available in the draft. So that's, that's what they like to do. Um, you know, like I said, right now, I just, it, without anything happening, Penny has my vote at number five because they haven't made any free agency moves, but if they go in, in free agency and they get a Taylor Moton, a Darrell Williams, someone to fill out the tackle spot, you have, you know, Jonah's coming back healthy and you, you, you feel good about things on the offensive line at that point. Um, you know, I, I could, I could see then, Hey, we don't need the tackle at five. We can, we can get the wide receiver help. John's going to walk off the show because I've said this 78 times on our program, but Hey, the Cincinnati Bengals have four impending free agents in their wide receiver group. So they need help there too. Um, and so that, that makes a pretty strong argument for Jamar Chase at number five or one of the Alabama receivers in the top 10 as well. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can, you can go at it. It's just, do you? Which way do you want to attack it, right? And, and which way makes more financial sense for the team, I guess, because that's how they really look at both processes as well.
2: People talk about BPA all the time, and obviously it's relevant at the fifth overall spot. But when you're that high in the draft, I, f- I feel like, yeah, Kyle Pitts is also on the radar. Yep. But if you're that high in the draft, you have to be looking at things like, I'm, I'm not expecting to be here again anytime soon. That should be the expectation. So your goal should be to get someone that you deem rare and is actually worth that pick, which is why like BPA matters and the board matters. But ultimately, these, these guys are going to have one A's next to their name. and It's all going to be one A's. It's like top of the first round type players. Sewell, Chase, Pitts, Waddle, if you want to include them, they're all going to be in that tier and they're all kind of interchangeable depending on what you need. So if, you, for example, like what Zim said, if you pick up like a. A Matt Filer from Pittsburgh to be a guard, and you pick up a Darrell Williams at tackle, you have those spots solidified. Sewell is still a good pick, don't get me wrong, it's, it would still be a good pick because he's a rare player and he would fill and he would just solidify a need even more so. But if you're at that spot, and even if Sewell may, may not be like, uh, or maybe if, if Chase is not like right above Sewell on your board, he's still that quality of player and he would fit an even bigger need at that point. That's that's how you have to look at it because ultimately you just have to leave that spot if you don't trade back with one of the rare players in order to maximize the value of it?
1: No, I'm with you. Um I just, I, I guess I just started watching like film on some of these guys and I I watched the, I went back and watched our old Jamar chase game, whatever. And I just walked away from it and just said, he's better than Justin Jefferson. And I mean, Justin Jefferson to me is like rookie of the year. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know to pass on that will be kind of crazy, but Uh, uh, I I believe everything you just said, too. It, It kind of is based on what do you do right before then.
4: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
0: A, a lot of talk in the chats, guys, about Kyle Pitts. Do I, I guess? Do we want to go there? I mean, that's where we're talking. Jamar Chase. We're talking. He's today. in the
2: conversation. Cool. Should be in the conversation.
0: He should be. He should, he should be. be. And there's that. there's a, a good question here. Uh,
1: Antoine Malone says. At, at number uh, number five, though. Five. five why, why not? Why not? Yeah. This is Kyle Brady. Because I think I could get down a couple spots and still get him b- between but, eight and but, eleven. But, but, but are
2: you sure you're you're going to be able to find a trade back partner?
1: No, but if if I'm if that's on the table, and we we're never gonna know this. But if the Bengals were posed that that same conundrum or whatever, like I just I think I could go back and still get them. The only reason why I think
0: there's gonna be some some massive movement into the top five and top ten. Look at what's going on with quarterbacks around the league this year, right? I mean, you've got who knows if Drew Brees is retiring? Probably so, right? Uh who knows what happens with Tom Brady. He's talking like he still wants to play, but maybe that's not the case if he wins this weekend, right? Maybe he says I'm going out on top and that's th- that's it. Um so you may have teams that want to rush up in the in the top 5, top 10 to get a quarterback of the future and then you can move back maybe a couple spots and get get a Kyle Pitts. Um M- Antoine Malone asked, you know, good highlights, but is he a little small, you know, size-wise? He's 6'6" 240-ish. Um you know, a lot of people are like, is he Kelsey? Is he Gronk? No, he's not that built to me. He's more like a, like that, the guy from the Raiders, Darren Waller, um, mm-hmm. or like a Jared cook type of guy. Um, you know, just a, a guy that's, that's just built right now a little bit more like a, like a big receiver, um, and not so much doing the inline blocking stuff, but that is a weapon. I think that can be utilized in, in, in this offense, CJ Osama coming off a bad injury and in the final year of his contract as well. Um, you know, who knows what you're going to get more out of Drew Sample. So I, I I know you guys have watched a lot of him so far. I know, unfortunately, Ace isn't here. I know he's he's been talking about him a lot, too. But, um, you know, I'd love to to hear your guys' thoughts on him and the viability of him in this he, offense. He,
1: he, he's definitely on the Cal Pitts train. I think me and him both got on Cal Pitts, like, uh, it was towards the end of the season where we just started, mm-hmm. like, seeing, like, highlights and it was like, yeah, that's that's a dude. The one thing I worry about from Cal Pitts is, yeah, I might be a little younger, right? But this fan base is there. You drafted number five, much like John Ross. Like you got to blow the doors off of people to get drafted that high, unless it was like an offensive alignment and we just didn't hear anything about him. And, we're, and Joe Burrow's not getting sacked, right? To be drafted that high at the what I think is the biggest learning curve. A lot, the two positions in the NFL is tight end and linebacker, as far as the learning curve going from college to NFL. I worry about his blocking and different things like that. I believe in him. And I believe that Joe Burrow will make Kyle Pitts an animal. Like, out out the gates. It wouldn't matter. But I just worry about the fan base's, like, overall acceptance of it and the second guess. And, like, I'm one of them guys I hit the gas. Like, if that's the pick, that's the pick. Let's put it in and i live with whatever happens. It is what it is. But our fans are not wired that way. And if he doesn't come out with 1,000 yards – because everybody's like, yeah, watch Kelsey. Watch it Ke-. like year one. Like that's your expectations. Like nah, like you gotta simmer down a little bit. Like I just don't see that year one from. In, in contrast, I do see Jamar Chase possibly yeah, possibly going thousand yards like off the off the break, like no questions about it, ready to go. And I just I think, think the fans will hate him. I-,
2: I think both guys could do that. Like the- any any concerns that I think people have with Pitts, they're they're alleviated because. You still have Yuzoma and Sample here, there, like to do yeah. all the things that people expect. You know, uh, I think, that's, I think that's
1: less snaps, though. No, well, is it, be it, it, it,
2: it, it? Because if you 12 lose 12 Green, personnel. yeah, exactly. If you lose AJ Green and you don't replace him with like a top-tier starter, then you're down with two competent starters or receivers, and you have a whole bunch of tight ends. You can use twelve personnel in ways that other teams use eleven, and you can have Kyle Pitts lined up out wider in the slot anywhere. He he did. He did it all in Florida. He might like I, This might be subjective, but he might be the guy with the least amount of risk in this draft aside from Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there.
3: And, and I'll just say, too, I mean, like, they put Sample out at the number one receiver, too. Like, they put Uzama out there. Like, you can put one of the other tight ends because that guy doesn't always have to be the guy. You know, and you saw that in LSU's offense a lot, too, where it was Thad Moss out there. It was Edwards Hilaire, and he wasn't even really a viable option on that play all the time. Like, sometimes it's just a dude to occupy that space, and you're really running the game on the inside. Here here are the things about Pitts. Number one, if they draft Pitts, that is not a need pick at all. Right. right. They don't need a tight end. They are fine with those two dudes. Assuming hell from CJ, they are fine with those two guys. So it is an incredible pick. Because it is not a need, because you're improving. It's it's freaking Randy Moss when you already have like the best, one of the best receiver duos in the NFL, like that type of pick. Like you're just like, nope, we're going to go out and we're going to get freaking hella better with this pick. So that's what I love about it. Now, yeah, I wonder about his blocking. You know, is he more of the Evan Ingram than those guys? And, And honestly, like when we look at those high level guys, that's part of what makes them good is because when prime Gronk is on the field when uh Ertz is on the field when uh Kelsey's on the field like you gotta make a tough decision on defense about what you're gonna do you know how are you gonna match up on those guys but you also have to have guys that can play the run that can play the extra gap that they can create and you're not really getting that with Pitts right now um but that's fine and 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 I think AJ had a or excuse me AJ Anthony, AC, <laughs> AC had a great point there about Uzama's contract. Cause I think you can bring him in. And you know, to to Zim's point about the tough transition, bring him in, use him primarily as a receiver. Um, and then you can kind of wean him in on it and you know get get through that year. You play a lot of 12 personnel, even though you're not gonna line him up with his hand in the dirt very often. They love big receivers that can block anyway. I mean, that's that's a you know, you see that with you see Tate Tate the pass blocker. You know what I mean? Like like you see that stuff. So you see guys like Tate, you see, um I in camp, I made like what my long shot to make the team who ended up being on the practice squad all year was Trenton Irwin, because Trenton Irwin is a hell of a blocker. <laughs> like like they like guys that can do that stuff. So you use him in that way right now, let him work himself in and then like the strengths and weaknesses of Sample versus Pitts in the year if you let CJ walk again he got a pretty pretty decent little tandem there that you can kind of kind of work off of Sample had a pretty good year this year I thought he got a lot better uh, he, did. Uh, blocking he did pass blocking in particular so I mean there's value to that you can use that in different ways you know having a good having a good pass blocker at tight end you know being able to put him on the field now you come out in 12 personnel with Pitts and Sample and you got Joe Mixon or maybe Gio or whoever, yeah, um, samples your pass blocker and you can split out Mixon, like so you can do all kinds of different different things with that. It puts, gives you a lot of flexibility in your offense. So um, I don't know. And to me, look, I, I, I get I get why people are on board with Waddle. Um, I love Devontae Smith. I just don't see him in this offense. Not at all. Um, I get why people are on board with Waddle, but you know i don't know that they really value separation and just pure out speed the way we do um not no judgment on my part on what's what's right or what's wrong i'm just saying i don't know if they value it and i think if you look at chase chase is the type of dude that belongs in this offense uh not because Mm -hmm. you know he's caught a ton of balls and made a ton of plays playing with uh, uh, Joe Burrow before, but just because of the way he plays and the way – I think his athletic ability is underrated. I think he plays a lot faster than he times, you know what I mean? Um, But also, you know, being able to make those, you know, contested catches go up and get the ball, which we saw. John Ross wasn't going to do that. Uh, you know, so I,
1: I think the reason you're saying that though is because of the efficiency with the coaching staff is in terms of play calling and scheme. When I when we go to watch the Super Bowl coming up Sunday, right? I know mm-hmm. that you you don't you don't hate Zach as much as the next person based on the shows that I watched from you, right? But when I go watch some of the elite coaching, you I put I probably would entertain Devontae Smith because a lot of people ask me that right after that. I just don't have any faith that the coaching staff is going to do what it takes to get them freed up in space. And when they had the under undersized guys like John Ross or whatever, they never did some of the things in motion that I see like the chiefs and the Rams do with like some of their wide receivers. And that's the thing that, that troubles with me, that troubles me with that with, when I watched Jamar chase is that in a one-on-one type situation, which he's going to have to do what we saw that AJ green failed at this year or whatever, is that you have to violently catch the football and do it in a way that doesn't require elite coaching to get you open to do that. Pure athleticism and just the will that a lot of guys don't have and some guys do have it, and Jamar Chase has it. And I think that's – it subconsciously, you're probably just watching it and just saying, look, I need more of a shorthanded person that's more of a dog. Devonta Smith is more like – not to take anything away from T.Y. Hilton – but I just don't see like that type of wide receiver working in this offense and I don't see them scheming them open like they would like jamar Chase it doesn't matter if he's open like i just think it's gonna it's gonna work itself out and i think that's the reason why i lean more towards him I think you got to do a lot more for like a Devonta Smith or a waddle to make that transition to the NFL
0: so a, a couple of things um that that Matt said about pitts you know in terms of the 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 arc of what you need to do initially with him where he can't pass block if you remember when Tyler Eifert came to this team um, you know that they eased him into that pass blocking role and then later in his career as you saw I mean I know he missed a lot of time but in his final year in Cincinnati you saw him kind of chip block more you know team up uh, double team block more in the passing game than he did initially because they had Gresham earlier. In his career, And Gresham was doing a little bit more inline blocking than Eifert was. And then Eifert kind of was this pass, you know, this, this re- reception machine. And then he morphed a little bit. He's still known as a pass catching tight end. But I, I think there's a little bit of a parallel there between those two guys. And and to your guys's point about Chase and Pitts, um, John and I talked about this a little bit. I mean, the two major deficiencies in the Bengals offense last year was a lack of the, the big play, the deep ball, Jamar Chase, 21.2 yards per catch average in 2019. That'll 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 help the, the deep ball problem. And then I'm looking in terms of an argument for Pitts. I think this is reliable information, but I see the Bengals as 30th in the league in red zone percentage last year. Offense. So a guy like Pitts would work very well in the red zone, especially if you have a tall guy like Auden Tate, you can throw those, those fades You've got a tall guy like T Higgins that can make those contested catches. You add in a six foot six reception machine like Kyle Pitts into that mix. And all of a sudden you've got a a big fix to your to your red zone issue. So I think that's an argument for those two guys that that really make a lot of sense, even maybe even over some of the big, big time offensive linemen in the class.
3: Just
2: real quick, because we have a lot of people in the comments who are really big on chase and and if you guys want to know my thoughts on Chase, just go to my Twitter and look at my pin tweet. But we had a question or I got a question from a guy, Philip Rogers. He emailed me a couple couple days ago. He was asking me, you know, we we're talking about Kyle Pitts, and he's like, Well, why why would they take Kyle Pitts when when they could just use odd and tate in that role? And it's the same thing with like, oh yeah, CJ Zoma and Drew Sample, they're just gonna get better with other receivers. Kyle Pitts is not like anything that the Bengals have on their roster. That's the whole point of of quantifying how rare of an athlete, how much of an option that he is. Like obviously Chase is fantastic in his own right for all the reasons that we discussed. But the reason Pitts is in this conversation is because he's not redundant to anything. He's not like any tight end or any big body receiver that the Bengals have. He adds a dimension to that. And I think that is the, that is the angle that we need to look at with this.
3: Yeah. And you know, kind of my point of bringing up chase there is I think that, for what I think the Bengals want, and for what I think Burrow likes, you know, like, like he's he's already got his Jefferson, you know, he's he's got his uh his slot where you know running them routes over the middle, you know, I think he likes those guys that they go up and get the ball. I think he he's good at throwing those balls, and I think that's going to be a big part of seeing the deep ball come out in this offense. Uh, is guys be able to make those plays and look, Pitts. And Chase are guys that do that, like exactly. really, really well with those contested bat- contested passes. They're, they're doing it in slightly different parts of the field, uh, but to me, I think that Pitts after Chase, I think Pitts is the second best fit as a receiver in this draft.
4: Hmm.
3: If that makes any sense, it does. <laughs> but I, I love what Anthony's saying there too, because I mean, remember a few years ago when like. The Bengals weren't that good. Like they weren't good. It was like after fifteen, they weren't good. But their red zone offense was still really good because of If 2018.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: you know, like
1: give him, give him that guy. Right. I mean, I'm with you. Like, if anybody, if if anybody knows the value of a tight end on a seam route, is it's a Bengals fan, right? Or like watching Joe Burrow on back shoulders. You know, it's it's that's just what that's what I'm basing my stuff off of. I just lost a little bit of faith. Based on some of the stuff I've seen from the coaching staff this past year, to just be creative, there were times where they were super creative, and it was like, whoa! And, you know, there was a three-game stretch around the time when Joe got hurt, where I mean, the offense was on fire. I think I, I don't know why. I, I think me and me and you did a show or something. And I was fired up, like around that time. And to me, it goes back to your point that we were just talking about probably like ten minutes ago. Is that? If I know that I can make that position, the one thing that the one common thing that I know that I have going for me is Joe Burrow. Right. Even even after a torn ACL, I got to do everything in my power right now, this very moment to get a guy what he wants. So if Joe feels like I would, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not for players making the decisions for me, but I would definitely get his input on like, who, who's the guy, Joe? Like like and if it's Kyle Pitts, like I said, at number five, I could be on board for it. You know, you guys made a really, really convincing argument tonight. where I'm just like, I mean, because I, I love Kyle Pitts, too. I just I worry about the production early in his career. But but I guess, you know, like after talking to you guys, like maybe I shouldn't. But because I'm looking at it like a typical t- a tight end, like one of the things I know, like when Hawkinson came straight to league, you know, like it was you didn't see the benefits of Hawkinson until this year, like. The rookie year, like my Lions fans and stuff like that, it was just like, man, I just thought he was going to be a lot better. And I was like, man, it's a learning curve. Like, he's going to be better. Like, look at this play. Look at this play. Like, look at how he's blocking on this play. Yeah, he had 30 yards. But, you know, like, and then you saw year two, he take that next step. Bengals fans are very impatient. And then the fact that Sample, you know, because he was drafted where he was drafted, it's almost like it's not going to be good enough for them. You know, like, just me taking Drew Sample. And I worry about that same thing, I guess, from Kyle Pitts. But like you said, you just you—if the coaching staff is smart enough to put him in a position to get those reps, get those snaps, and be productive, then why the hell not?
3: I yeah, it would seemingly be a little out of character, which is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, people love people have been talking about Joe Thune forever, right? Uh, do you, do you
2: want Tooney? Let's take it there. Let's go towards free agent offensive line. Let's, let's go Let's go wishless around. Sorry. Yeah, because
0: we're, we're getting a lot of positivity in the chats, guys. A lot of Bengals are going to do <laughs> nothing in free agency. Bengals we, aren't going to do anything in free agency. We're only
2: talking about pass catchers because we're hearing that everything about they're going to address the offensive line. So what does that actually look like? What will that actually look like? And what do you guys want that to look like?
3: Hmm. Spending a lot of money on a guard to, to the point I was starting to get to here would be out of character for them, especially an outside guard. Which would be <laughs> beautiful. Like, it would be nice to see something different. You know what I mean? Even though – like, and I think the analytics support not really spending a lot of money on guard because it's not as valued. You know, you don't have as much of, of an impact on the pass game as the tackle does. Um, you know, John and I each uh, interviewed Austin Gale uh, leading up to this season, and he talked about that, how Quentin. Queenie Nelson to. might be the best guard of all time but if they, they'd be smarter to play him a tackle and they get more value out of him uh when you when you look at things like war and and, and other measures like that so um th- th- which by the way is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of the idea of hey let's draft this guy let's move Jonah to, to guard because then I think feel like you're not getting very much out of Jonah by doing that um but because it's the Bengals and because it out of character is good for them. Even, you know what I mean? Like, even if it doesn't look great, even if the numbers don't support it, sometimes it's like, all right, it's good that they're trying something. It's good that they do something a little bit different from, from my perspective. Um, so that's what, I mean, that's what I think. Like, not a, maybe not a great idea to spend a bunch of money in a car, but it'd be nice if they did it. Uh, I saw a stat there today on, on Thuni too. Like, he's like missed like one game in like three years or something. Like I, I like, don't even know if he's missed any, yeah. That, that doesn't mean
2: anything before he comes to the Bengals. I, <laughs> I know
1: That's, that is tempted fate right there. I don't want Tony. I don't want Tony. And not, no? not, not not for 14 million. And I think a, a family member or something, I don't know if they're watching tonight. They like follow me and they posted like Tony to the Bengals in their story. And I, I posted it a couple times and stuff like that. But I just don't, I don't th- I just think for me, it would be more like the Bengals mode, like go get Moton, go get Daryl Williams, follow that up. With uh, I don't know, maybe Austin uh, uh Blythe or somebody, somebody because we're gonna come with Hopkins injured at the center position. So I know I could play Blythe at center guard. Maybe Xavier Sulafilo gets a little bit better, and to me, that right there is good enough. You know who I really want though on the defense side? I want Leonard Floyd. Has anybody mm. said that to you? Like that's who I really, really, really want. I, I feel don't like think I've ever
2: could... heard those words in the last eight, like six years that Leonard Floyd's been in the league.
1: His his uh season just now with the Rams or whatever was really really good. He's good in the postseason too. Huh. He was he was really really good. Ten and a half sacks. Love what he did. I, I think he's the perfect Dunlap replacement. Don't know what he would get in the open market, but he's the perfect person to me to put across from from Lawson. Like that's a name that nobody talks about. We did like mm-hmm. a mock draft series, me and Ace or whatever, and then I uh, I just picked him one time. Then I started looking at stuff. But I just really, really like you talked about defense earlier. Like, like just give me that one guy and those other guys coming back, mm-hmm. in the combination with those two, like the tackle and the guard, go to the draft, and I, I damn near I, I can pick whatever I want at that point. If 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 the roster get, somehow gets healthy, We're yeah, not to, are we going to talk about the uh, about the doctors today with Shaq okay. Barrett? <laughs> no. Well, yeah. There's there's another comment there. Uh,
4: does
2: anyone here have a medical degree? Because I don't feel qualified to <laughs> talk about reading an MRI.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. Show us on uh, Randall.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. so like, Shaq Barrett had apparently something very phantom right here. Also his arm came off, and then he went to Tampa Bay and had thirty sacks, and that yeah. and the end.
0: Yeah, um, so. and there's there's people. Let's let, let's bring him back. I I don't. You know what? I think unfortunately that bridge. It seems as if if you if you heard that interview with with uh, Barrett. This week, they're gonna find something in his
2: hamstring. Yeah, it's gonna be
0: something in his pelvis. I think that bridge is burned, unfortunately. So, um,
1: man, I'm I'd be taking up for the stat. I'd take up for the stat every year. I'd be like, man, it's just, it's just luck, you know. People get injured every day, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> did I hear that. I'm like, oh lord,
2: I have a Tooney take though, and I've had this for a okay. little bit. I feel like I feel like we've talked about this before, but like Joe Tooney, to me is DJ Reader because DJ Reader before 2020 would not have been on any Bengals fans' radar because when was the last time that the Bengals valued nose tackle? Like, they signed Peko to, what, like a $20 million deal like 10 years ago, and that was it. They they had Peko for a, a decade. They replaced him with Andrew Billions, a fourth-rounder, and they had Josh Tupo like an undrafted guy, backing him up. They never valued nose tackle. Then they signed D.J. Rich, the biggest contract a nose tackle's ever signed before in that in that offseason. So I, I get the history with guard but they signed D.J. Rear because they felt like he was a good fit, and he and he filled like a need that, that they thought. Even though D.J. Rear himself is not as valuable as like a pass rusher on the, on the defensive line, which is like it's the same thing. It's a guard, like it's not as valuable as a tackle. But if a guard in Tooney costs less real money than like a Taylor Modin, that just I don't it it still just makes more sense to me. Even though like I think everyone else would rather get the the, the top tier tackle because he matters more in pass protection for the Bengals' sake it just it still kind of lingers in my mind is something that I could definitely see them doing
3: yeah it's funny it's like they took 28 years to get over big daddy wilkinson
4: <laughs> true They're yeah like
3: yeah <laughs> and,
0: and you know the last i think the last guy that they paid especially an outside free agency paid well and ended up continuing to pay him is Bobby Williams that that was a guard that I can remember. Um I mean they they drafted other guards, they tried him out. They have these little rental deals that they've done and I could be wrong. I'd probably need to do a little more research on it, but Bobby Williams just at the top of my mind is uh you know kind of the guy that I I remember the most. Um and, and so they they've let other valuable guys walk, Steinbach, Zeitler, you know, guys that they drafted in high rounds that um, they just they developed and then they, they let him go elsewhere and they didn't pay him. So it would be a, a really big changing of the guard, if you will, if they if they get an outside guard and bring him in. And I saw someone put up a comment about Scherf versus Tooney. Um, you know, they're, they're pros and cons for each. I think, John, you you and I talked about this on one of the episodes, right?
2: Yeah, and I think Matt kind of agrees with that. Um, I think Scherf would just honestly fit better here because he's playing the position that they're going to sign Tooney for if they do sign him at right mm-hmm. guard. And... Uh, Sheriff played five years to Bill Callahan it's the same freaking scheme that Pollock is going to run This the transition seems very seamless I think you're uh, minimizing risk there even though there's injury history with Scherf
3: yeah and, and I think look, this team is loaded with dudes that like playing on the left side mm. like H- Hakeem played forever on the left side I believe Fred Johnson was a left side guy John, uh, You know, Williams is a left side guy those are just tackles but uh, Spain and Suofilo primarily have played on the left side I think like you get Skurf who's actually a, a right guard. Like let him play right guard, solidify that position. And honestly cuz like a lot of people want two guards and that'd be awesome, but um I think if you go into next year uh, with Xavier Sufilo and Michael Jordan. So you got Xavier Sufilo as the guy and you got Michael Jordan as Hopefully the future, like you don't give up on him, but you, you know, get in my ear for now. I, I see you making faces. and I, I get it. But, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, know. we went, we, I don't get why everybody's really excited about quitting Spain. He didn't play as well as Xavier did this year. I, I get that he got hurt and that scares us because this, this shit happens to the Bengals all the time. Um, but Suofilo looked pretty good when he played and I, and he, he graded fairly well when he played he has he has spent the majority of his career playing on the left side. I think you're okay with that, particularly if you set it up so that is your weakest spot by going out and signing a guard, a right guard, a top-flight right guard, and doing something at tackle. Maybe drafting one at five. And you know, like if you if you've got Penne, Splash Slater, Scherf, Hopkins coming off injury. And Jonah Williams?
0: The, I the not Let's a weakness all of a sudden really, really lessens, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, the reason – I'm going to tell you exactly why everybody's on the Spain thing because was that was that the Steelers game where Spain kick, is in there next to identity, uh, right? Is that the game where they kick ass? Like that's the first – like everybody was hobbling. That's
2: the Titans. Yeah, it was the Titans. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah. All right. Yeah, so it came every- in the second Seriously. So
1: everybody remembers that, right? And then everybody yeah. also remembers the fact that Xavier Sulafilo played what half of a game and then he was injured. Yeah. Right? That's 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 all it is. Same thing with Bobby Hart. It's like, what do you give up? Three sacks on the whole entire year? But they remember his worst reps or the highlights that that were memes all over Instagram like this past year. Uh, or or the, the shortcomings last year. Like a lot of people in, in the comments are saying like, cut Bobby Hart. Like, no, I want to restructure Bobby Hart and I want him to back up whoever we come in with. Like, that's that's what I want to do. He, he's not that bad to me. But as fans, as people that are passionate about the team, like you're going to remember, you know, your last act. It's just like show business, you know what I mean? Like, you're only as big as your last hit. And Xavier's last hit, Was really nothing memorable. A lot of people want to keep Von Bill just on the strength of, yeah, he knocked out, uh, you know, I mean, well, he's not going anywhere. He's under contract, but he knocked out Juju. Or we remember Mackenzie Alexander high stepping, you know, on the pit or whatever, (laughs) right? So he gets one mil for one year, four million, right? But I would argue there's probably another slot guy that's out there right now that they could probably get more for that fits better in the defense. Then McKenzie Alexander, but the average fan remembers a lot of the the big plays that, you know, like stand out to them in that regard in Spain that day when he kicked ass with identity is the main reason. Like, I think you're you're looking at the overall thing and you're assessing these games game by game, but fans are not doing that. They're just remembering like, yeah, I remember you kicked ass that night when we had nobody.
0: This is this is a key point by Sean and, and one of our YouTube channels here. Frank Pollock might get a lot of these guys out of out of these guys too. I mean, it's basically, I mean, how much faith, obviously they've got a lot of faith in him because they made him a run game coordinator as well, uh, along with the offensive line coach. So it's it's a matter of how much faith do you have in that coach? How much faith do you have in the growth of these quote-unquote offensive-minded coaches in, in Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, et cetera, to get the most out of, whatever talent you have there because they have had minimal talent on the offensive line and it has not, (laughs) not been pretty, not been pretty. And when it has been pretty, it's been for like one game samples. Like you guys have been talking about against the Titans and stuff. And it has not been consistent.
3: Yeah. And and that's a good point. Like some of these guys, I was, I'm seeing a lot of negative comments about Michael Jordan in, in the uh, chat here. Look, I get it. I might, I might like say, I might, that's why I'm not saying. Go into it with him. He had a, Pretty positive trajectory going in his first season, and then went you know went out. Like he showed some good things, and then nothing happened. Why is that not? Why is somebody not developing? A lot of times, it's due to coaching. Now, if you don't like Michael Jordan, I get it. Um, maybe it's Hakeem. You know, maybe Hakeem can move, can bump inside the guard. Maybe maybe he could be the future. Um, you know, my my point is that if you go out and get solidify the right side. Zavier uh, Suafield, you're going to be fine with at, at left guard. If he's your fifth best lineman, like definitively your fifth best lineman. And by the way, in the scenarios we're talking about, maybe not year one for a rookie tackle, but pretty quickly, Trey Hopkins is your fourth best lineman. That is what he should be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like th- n- Now you got a line. Like now you got a line. You can make that work.
2: Folks have been hating on Trey Hopkins ever since he became a starter because his, the expectations of him is so high because he's the second best offensive lineman and does him no favors. He's a really good player, but he should not be your second best guy. Mm-hmm.
0: He's he's had a he's made a good little career for himself based on what, how he came to the oh, NFL, yeah. how he came to the Bengals, and how he had to endure a lot to get to not only be a starting center but also get a good good contract. And uh, he he has been proven worth it, but I. I Really like what you guys just said there about how he should be down the pecking order in terms of overall talent around him on that offensive line. That makes a lot of sense.
3: Right. Was he on the practice squad like seven times or
1: something? Well, they
0: cut him. Like, he got hurt. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, he, it was a, like you gotta
3: love the guy for for how hard he's worked and how far he's come with it. And, and yeah, but like he can be a he can be a big piece of this offensive line, but he shouldn't be he shouldn't be a a cornerstone of the offensive line. And, and, and like yes, the offensive line.
2: And yes, TB 83 three underscore. He is the second best lineman they have. One hundred
3: percent.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Currently, right now.
3: Yeah. But the plan is go sign two guys, and then he's <laughs> you not. Know? Right. We're, we're signing draft. Yep.
1: Now you got something.
2: That hour went by fast.
1: Sure did. What? What? Uh, let Let me just ask you randomly like who's winning? Who's winning Sunday? Chiefs, Bucks. Who you got?
2: Chiefs. Anyone else? Anyone? Anthony?
1: Uh, I'm kind of. I'm waiting to see if
0: Matt goes first. Uh, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I I keep. Saying Have you Chiefs, thought about Chiefs. it? I I think there's going to be. I think there's. I think I think Brady does it again. I really think Brady does it again. I I, I think everything screams Chiefs, but somehow I just think I I think there's a, a story to be written there. That's just my. I don't know, romanticizing of the game, I guess. I don't know. But I and,
3: and wouldn't be surprised either way. This year, like everything is pointed like there's been the the age old debate, and age old's probably pretty accurate considering how old these people are, but uh, of are the are the are the Patriots Brady or are the Patriots Belichick? And um, you know, Patriots aren't doing it. If Brady can beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, that's, that's content all year long for NFL writers, you right. know, all off season long talking about that. Uh, so it definitely is a good storyline. And I, I mean, I don't know, like they've got a lot too.
1: They got uh, a lot. They I, got I, So much. Before, before we went on air, you know, I, I was telling uh, John and Matt, I was telling them how I felt like Antonio Brown was a full participant today. And I don't know if it's just so many years of him kicking our ass, like, I just really think he's going to have an impact on the game on Sunday. So if anybody's got any bets or anything like that, I, there's a lot of good bets out there for Antonio Brown. I feel like he's going to show up and mm-hmm. it's going to surprise some people. And then also if Kelsey goes for 100-something yards, then you know everybody's going to say Cal Pitts is the pick, right? <laughs> but, but, but you know one thing that I'm thinking about, like I've just been watching Kelsey this whole week too. And just like watching all these interviews and he's got Bearcats jerseys on, he's got the old Kenya Martin jersey on, like my favorite team of all time, right? And and now I'm suddenly just like, okay, like all right, like let 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 let, let Kelsey just represent for us one more time. Like I'm on board with them now. But but like, I do I do believe what you're saying, Anthony, like Bucks, yeah, like this it this is, you know, like them being a three, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's closer than a lot of people does, think.
0: Does Brady do you guys think Brady walks if he wins? Is he is he done? Nope. No. No.
1: Nope. Wow. Okay. I think he <laughs> might be
2: but... They're gonna have to scrape that man off with a spatula.
1: Nope. Yeah, maybe. They asked um, him what is, is he gonna play the past forty five? He said, Yeah, I think so. Like that was like last week, right? I mean he's 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 not yeah, he's not how, walking away.
3: How about like and, and I think John's a little bit you know, follows these stats a little bit strong, uh, more closely than I do. So um, I'd like to know your opinion on this. Kelsey, I just saw this earlier, uh, earlier like yesterday, actually Kelsey and Gronk, same age. Insane. <laughs> Which, you know, because of the injuries and Gronk's brief retirement and stuff, like that's part of it. But the other part of it was uh, Gronk came out in 2010 and Kelsey came out in 2013. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the, is there anything we can take from that in terms of like breakout age and, 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 and those sort of statistics or in the value of any of that stuff? Or as someone who watched Kelsey's
2: entire college career, that those days were amazing, by the way. Like he was like a wildcat quarterback for a little bit, but he was also like a, a central part of that passing offense for a little bit. He was just so old, and it's, it's really is rare for a guy to come into the league at 24 and then become a future Hall of Famer. Like that's not, that's not normal. But it is well, it is with tight ends. Like, ex- they're,
3: they're both extremes. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like like I mean like and he's a he's a fantastic athlete and he produced at a high level in college. Like that that's that's two check marks that really go hand in hand. But yeah, like he came in and then he took a little. He took like a couple years with, with Kansas City with Alex Smith. But as soon as Mahomes got in there, it was it was done. It's over. And, th- and that's the th- that's the thing. that I look at with this game. Like everything that the Bucks do well defensively, the Chiefs can easily exploit. Like, it's it's, it's going to be all on that Bucks pass rush to at least, like, yeah. limit the, the Chiefs. Like, the over-under for this game is 56, and the only reason why it's going to be under, maybe, is because there's thunderstorms.
1: Right. The way that the Bucks press, I just don't see how they're going to do that. I just don't I – don't, I don't know how they're going to do that with the Chiefs. That's the one team you can't press like that. Yeah. So, I wonder about that. Uh, I like that. Uh, another bet, too. Shaq Barrett, um, half a sack. Half and half. The, uh, yeah, half and the odds on that. I mean, you can make a lot of money. I don't know where you guys bet, but well, there's a, lot, well.
0: there's a lot of people already n- noting. Um, and we talked about a little bit earlier that the fact that the Chiefs' offensive line is a little bit of a mess this week, so it just seems like hello, that, that's a layup right there, right?
1: John, do you ever watch games like this and then like secretly just go watch guys that you believed in? Like, weren't you a Vita Vega guy? Uh, no, uh, not really.
2: Not really, no. He, he was good, but you know, was, were you a he's Devin much, White guy? I was, I was more of a Devin White guy, yeah, yeah.
1: I think next year he's going to be the best linebacker in football.
2: He, de- he definitely has the potential to be. I mean, again, young, productive, and athletic—like those things just going and in. And he's got bodies in front of him to just clean up everything. So,
3: well, yeah, what like White was a dude, like freaking stud tackler, fast as hell. I mean, like that guy was everywhere. Like he was, he was above and beyond. You know. I. I didn't love Bush coming on, But, you know, Bush is kind of, like, proving that he's a lot closer to that than, than than what I thought he was. But I was a, I was a big fan of White. Vita like, I don't think he gives you enough of them. I, I didn't think he gave you enough in the past game to, to value where they took him at um, for that position. I don't know. I think it's a lot of things that we look at like that that NFL teams So
1: Now, yeah. I just I just um, wonder, like, you know, what you guys watching probably a lot more film than that, dude, do you secretly – like, just kind of want to see your prospects that you were really high on, like, perform mm. well.
2: 100%. Well, One oh, yeah. for the Chiefs. Well, he's, 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 he's balling out
1: right now. You, you know what? It's funny you say that because
3: uh, I was looking at my phone a little bit ago, and I was actually just checking on an injury update on Antoine Winfield because I was going to make the bold prediction that Winfield gets a pick and, you know, like the game ceiling pick or something like that. So, I love me some Antoine Winfield.
1: He's a dog. What's the other dude that's from Cincinnati? Uh, he hurt his shoulder last week. Safety. I don't, Somebody told me in my show in the comments, but if the last Bucks game in the last playoff game, every single pass that came, like they kind of play him like an Avon Bell type of role. I think it's like Greenwood or something. What is this guy's name? Anyway Whitehead? Is Jordan Whitehead? Somebody in the comments probably going to have to tell me. He's front of Natty. Is what I was told, but
2: he went to U.C. or he was from he's from no, the area.
1: No, he's just from the area. Oh, okay. But,
3: I, I don't
2: know.
1: And I, I think he hurt his shoulder. And I was like commenting even on Twitter. I was like, "Who is this dude? I think it's like number thirty-three or something like that." But he was coming downhill, just cracking people. Like the, I'm trying to think of what it was. somebody's going to say it though. But yeah, it's the Buck safety. The dude is no joke. I hadn't seen him like because much the, of as the, Mike, Mike Edwards. Yes oh yeah, he no. went he went, to,
2: he, went
3: to, he went to Kentucky he went to Kentucky I like me some Mike Edwards too bro
2: <laughs> yeah, since he talkie, you know it is what it is the
1: last time I saw a Bucks game was probably like week six eight and I just just so glued in on uh David and White I don't remember him saying it, but the la- that last playoff game killing dude was killing he was all over the field I just, I couldn't I couldn't keep my eyes off of him
3: I'm gonna throw this out there too by the way um you know, it's not really if they sign Jackson, it's not a priority. But uh, I loved Winfield last year, and there's another uh, another NFL junior out there this year, and Asante Samuel freaking dude, uh,
2: As a generational yeah. talent, then
1: a the guy who's right. flipping hippie. I like what you I did. there. that
2: joke. I stole that joke so, <laughs> so cleanly from today.
1: Is all right. All right. Let, let me. Have you seen? Um, all right. So I did a mock yesterday, right? Samuel's on the board, and I don't know if you guys have seen Basham from Wake Forest. Yeah. So, so like, I want Edge really, really bad, but I, I understand. Like, hey, do you think Samuel mm-hmm. makes it to the second round? Probably.
0: Maybe, 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 but probably not. It I, just I, depends I, on the I, quarterback
1: I, run, I, too. Yeah, because I can see Basham being there. He's like. On most boards, he's like the third or fourth rated, you know, defensive end. So I watched a bunch of, I watched like two full games of him or whatever. Every tackle he had was like the most violent thing I've ever seen. It was all choke yeah. slams. I think, <laughs> I think Cashman is a great fit. Like, yeah, because he's really, he's a
3: really good run defender and he can rush the passer. Yeah. He honestly kind of reminds me of Carlos. Um, and he's pretty big. So, like, Maybe he could play five technique too in some situations, like in some of the three four stuff. If he had some, uh, some you know, more speed in the field, I like him a lot. I think it's a great fit. He and Patrick Jones are my two favorite edges right now. Um, I don't, I mean, Patrick Jones would probably be more of a, a stand up guy. He reminds me of Chandler Jones a lot, actually. He's a big, big, long dude, can flip and run.
2: There is a reason Boogie looks like a grown man. He's going to be 24 inch year. If you want to talk about Kelsey, like that that's a grown man already. So <laughs> imme- immediately he's going to be he's going to be good cuz mm-hmm. he's already grown.
0: There was a question, guys. Uh, sorry, just we're talking Super Bowl a little bit and I know we're talking bets and all kinds of stuff. This is from Dalton, our good buddy. Just a little quick, and, quick segue if you, guys,
1: if you guys don't know, this guy Dalton mm. makes some of the best edits like all over the internet. Oh, yeah. come out on Twitter. I don't that know his Twitter good. name, but he tags me and like all that stuff. But that, yeah, Dalton's the stuff. But yeah, no, nah, he, he's dope. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, just tailgate style food for the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what if uh, Super Bowl is probably going to be quite different for a lot of people this year based on safety reasons. But if you guys have a go-to Super Bowl food, um, it's just a – Fun little question that we got.
2: I'll tell you what, I mean Cincinnati's obviously Skyline dip. Hot dog weenies in Skyline Dip. Like, <laughs> like like pigs in a blanket in Skyline Dip. Actually underrated. You don't just need chips.
1: You know one dish that I always eat at a Super Bowl party that I would never eat on a regular day is meatballs. Hmm. Yeah. Every Super Bowl party I've ever been to, meatballs are
0: always killed. Cool. Yeah. There's uh there's Dalton's Twitter handle there, so go go check it out. Yeah, he does That's a lot of cool. yeah. Good good dude. I actually met Dalton in this in Seattle in 2019. Really good guy. Right. Really nice guy. Yeah. Went to the you game there. Really really good guy.
1: You can't really go wrong with baked beans. You can't really go wrong with chips and salsa, of course. You really can't go wrong with chicken wings unless they're like fatty. I like drums. I'm I'm am i I'm a flat guy. Uh you know really?
4: I'm
1: a flat oh, yeah. guy. But because some of those drummies get real fat and they get like kind of gamey, and I don't want that extra stuff. I want the lean chicken. And I wanted to go straight to it. Give me back my juice, son. All right, and um, and those are those are the main things. I just I think I focus on how not to mess up the Super Bowl party. Like I don't really have like a go to. My family yep. makes these things called jalapeno poppers that I think are disgusting, but they love them. You there's
4: know?
1: there's like this,
0: this this Mexican
1: place by, by by where I live, and they do this
0: deal. It's it's the most basic little things, but for some reason they have mastered this little snack. It is a mini bean and cheese burrito. They're probably like, you know, a little rectangle like that. And they are just unbelievable. Um, so little mini bean and cheese burritos. They do a little taquito and then they have bomb guac, bomb salsa. So when you get like really good salsa, good chips, some good Mexican food, I don't know. That's that's kind of my jam. I do like I do like a good buffalo wing though, too.
3: I do like a good buffalo wing. So well, well, to my, number here. my wife what? makes some some great pulled pork. Like that's uh, always uh, a good one. Pulled pork so, sandwiches. Oh, yeah, you know on the, the, on you the Hawaiian the roll thing?
0: there. The the kings the kings it, Hawaiian it,
3: roll. Yeah, and you know what the secret is? You don't you don't uh, don't like buy slices of cheese. Just like cut off like big thick pieces of like like Colby Jack and put it on there too. Way better. Like, also, nice big- uh, w-
2: yep. wash wash all this down with a Narragansett.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: Wink, <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, nod, nod.
3: Everything's better with a gansett. And there's a, a ganset that pairs well with everything. So, wow.
1: that's true. I don't know if you guys have any more questions or anything. I gotta go read a bedtime story to this little guy right here. You guys can definitely continue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we had an awesome conversation. Y'all can keep it going for real because I, I feel like you guys are ready to rock. John, go grab a uh, monster because I know. Hold on, what was that? <laughs> what did you? I thought that was a monster. I was like, dude, like Bud Light Light Seltzer or something, right? Isn't that lemonade
0: seltzer? Lemonade seltzer.
1: What is that like? Some like, like, kind of like a a Mike's Hard lemonade hybrid type stuff.
2: Uh, It's not. It's not as hard as a Mike's Hard. It's only five percent, but it's good. It's flavorful.
1: What's your What's your alcohol choice? You're a tequila guy. Oh, I'm a vodka sprite. Vodka. Okay.
2: Yeah. But tequila, if I'm getting crazy.
1: Now, Brown, I'm getting crazy. Brown, I'm not going. I'm not watching football. I'm, <laughs> I'm punching the TV off the Brown. I, <laughs> I quit that a long time ago. Uh, but these days, though, I'm drinking juice, guys, because, you know, you know, Burrow is coming to our lives. He's changed my life around. I've got my act together. I used to be a wild guy. I'm, I'm juicing it now for the day that I get the interview, Joe. I need to be on all P's and Q's. I don't need to be all... Hammered asking Joe about stupid stuff about like muffins, because you know I really want to get in the muffin. Like every interview, like I mean Lemon Poppy seed is probably the most underrated muffin in that's the whole good. in the oh, whole entire world.
3: I don't I like lemon stuff because it's usually like really fake, but lemon poppy seed like that that does work. Like <laughs> lemon loaf lemon loaf is, is crap though. I might yeah. I might die with lemon loaf.
1: This, is, and, the con- this and, is the content and, that
3: people want. And to really wrap up the conversation and circle back to it. All right. When it comes to orange soda, crush, you're crushing it. Like, cr- uh, orange crush number one. Fanta uh, pre-solid. Sunkissed, get the hell out of here.
1: Ah yes! Sunkist <laughs> is so weak. It's got like oh, some weird, it's got some weird little ink I, taste to it. it is. And, and what is that? What is that? It's, Am it's, I, like thing.
3: it's like it's like anything anything with Sunkist. It's
1: called
0: Red Red Forty, right? The 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 coloring Red Forty or
1: something my, like that. My nephew is like he comes to my house. He's like I can't drink oh, that juice. It. It's, it's got Red Forty, and I'm like man, drink <laughs> this stuff up. I give him all the cheap juice, and I got all the good juice and stuff to myself. But he's always talking about that Red Forty stuff. But Sunkiss, Sunkiss is so trash. And I go to places and I ask them specifically, what kind of pop is that? And if they say that, then they look at me like I'm an asshole. You know, <laughs> you know I'm like, no, no, no. Let me just get you know Sprite. You know. Uh, yeah, Stuart. Yeah, don't sleep on Stewarts.
2: then before you all hop out here, why don't you plug your merch for anyone who doesn't know? Because I'm I'm about to get some.
1: Bet I got you. Yeah. Send me your address. I got you some stuff. Yeah. Matt. Go go ahead and plug it. Okay, so if you guys want to get – I don't have it on tonight. This is this is another big Bengals guy too. Rohan makes this stuff called um, uh, Protect Joe Burrow. Uh, but that's a really cool Bengals guy. But he sent me some cool stuff. Rohan TV. Check him out. But my stuff is ZimHooday.com. That's it. But it's Burrow Babies. Got some cool stuff on there. Uh, that's it. ZimHooday. I rocked my shirt on air, dude. I rocked
0: my shirt on air for you.
1: Hey, Ace is not here, but Ace has got mugs. He's got some really cool merch, too. He's got New Stripe City. If you guys are new to seeing me or seeing us or whoever, Ace Boogie, New Stripe City, um, his stuff is pretty cool, too. Check him out. on. I think his link is directly on his YouTube. He crushes it on YouTube. So if you guys really like Bangles' uh, content and just stuff, he did a, a, a cut the tape on for Slater earlier, I think, yesterday or today. So people that are just scared to death of us drafting slater i encourage you to go check that out too but matt I, I, did you ever print that stuff up what's that remember you said you were going to start printing your stuff that's got merch too yeah oh yeah No, i got merch yeah Don't so me. uh yeah if
3: you've, if you've seen my uh exo smiley face uh with the tiger stripes thing uh i got i got all kinds of merch in that stuff so uh check out my my twitter there's a link in there uh we got we got shirts we got hoodies uh, we got we have throw pillows. Nobody bought the throw pillow yet, but I thought it looked cool, so I put it in there. um But uh yeah, yeah, there's all, all types of stuff on there. So some nice, uh nice tiger stripe logo on there. Check it out.
0: <laughs> we don't, we don't have, we don't have merch. And, and it's yes, just, we have my, tank top, JC. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, my uh, gotta gotta show off the guns when I can, you know. Uh, um, yeah. so uh, yeah, we don't have merch. I'm just gonna, it's just gonna be John and my face, just pictures of our face on a shirt. Just so everybody's
2: we should, really we should have a, a group,
0: we should have a group Mount Rushmore of our faces or something like Ooh, a, a five, a five Mount Rushmore. Uh, like, I bet-
3: where They put us in the Bulls. That, that was pretty good. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We just put the, we put the, yeah. the, the last dance uh, photo. Oh, on that'd on be here.
1: great. I have, I have a lot of real clothes that are we're really, we gonna make really, really cool.
4: That
1: right. I got <laughs> I got cool stuff in one closet, and then I have another closet with the dumbest stuff that you could think of, <laughs> and stuff like that is stuff that I like. Like I really yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. I buy the dumbest stuff you could ever think of, like just so I could wear to run the house, and then. You know, like, my wife, she wears, like, bunny suits and, like, anything that's stupid like that. Even yesterday, I had, like, the dumbest, like, tiger hat, and people were like, where'd you get it? And it was, like, my son's hat, but, you know, I like I like silly stuff like that. Like, so if you print that up, I will buy it, 100%. Seriously. <laughs> I got to go. All right, dude. All right. Yeah, I got to well, go check out my pop Pie too. too. So. All right. Well, <laughs> for Matt,
0: for Zim... For John, I'm Anthony. One other thing, just to plug at the end here, we had Ken Anderson on our show last week. Go support the Ken uh, Ken Anderson Alliance Fund. Uh, really good nonprofit, and uh, they're doing some cool things. And just we, we we as a as a website as a podcast channel want to go show that guy some support and what he's doing there. So please, if you can, we're gonna we're gonna get some stuff and do some giveaways. Had some Ken Anderson uh, giveaway stuff on our show, so. Um, I just wanted to plug that Matt and Johnny. I got my
3: dad a T-shirt from there for Christmas. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's some really cool stuff on there too, and obviously for a great cost. Yep, John. Anything else before you
2: hop out of here, bud? Nah, just get, get another Ganser or get a Bud Light seltzer, whatever.
0: Yeah. Super right. weekend. Let's do it. Let's this, do it. This, this has been this. <laughs> yeah, This has been fun. This has been the Cincy Jungle Podcast Mega Show Super Show heading into Super Bowl Fifty Five. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.